and obviously this demographic is very broad in terms of economic circumstances. But this is the optimistic take, and I think the economic opportunity when people think of uh, this quote-unquote silver uh, economy. view, I am very glad to see the government of China see the aging issue very seriously and take it very seriously. Three advice. The younger generation, mm-hmm. one, uh, work harder, second, live better, mm-hmm. healthier, and third, put more effort for children. The Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Welcome to Chat Lounge. I'm Liu Kun. Today we take a look at China's silver economy, including its demography and market, and the plans of Chinese policymakers. Dealing with an aging population is one of the big topics at this year's China International Import Expo in Shanghai. A report prepared by China's State Information Center and released at the expo finds more economically advanced areas in China are, in general, better prepared to cope with an aging society. Are Chinese policymakers responding fast enough to an aging population? What are their plans for a silver economy? We discuss these questions and more in this edition of the Chat Lunch. Joining me are Zheng Zhengzhen, Professor of Population and Labor Economics of Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, Dr. Yao Shujie, Chang Kang Professor of Economics, Chongqing University, and Andy Mark, Senior Research Fellow at the Center for China and Globalization. Welcome to all of you for joining me today, and thank you for your time.、Uh, now, first up, this report on silver economy that I just mentioned, released at this year's CIE, show that eighteen point. Point nine percent of the Chinese population in 2021 were people above 60,、uh, and that ratio will continue to grow in the next five to ten years.、Uh, Professor Zheng, let me start with you. Compared with developed economies, what are the unique challenges that an aging society can pose for China? Okay, I, I think there are mainly two、uh, very different challenges、mm. from the other developed countries. First is the Uh, fast advanced aging uh, because uh, we when when we see the、uh, 1960 cohort enter the、uh, aged people,、mm. the aging process will be very fast, and、uh, this is different from other developed countries. It maybe take hundred years for、uh, developed countries. To complete such a change, but in China, just several decades. So in the future, the next several decades, we will see very fast aging in China. Not only、uh, the increase of aged people, but the increase of oldest old people, the the people over age eighty.、Mm-hmm. So this is、uh, the big one. And the other is, I think, well, the whole society is not ready for such a fast change. Not only the system, not only the、uh, financial issues, but also the in the culturally,、uh, the whole society is not ready yet.、Mm. Well, so I I think it is very big challenge to China.、Mm. 
Um, Professor Yao, so Professor Zheng just mentioned uh, the speed of this aging for China. What's your take? How do you think are the challenges? What do you think the challenges are for China? Yeah, the biggest challenge is the balance between economic development and also the aging uh, population. Mm. Uh, in most uh, Western economy or the industrialized economy, uh, when the population become old or, or aging, uh, the economy level is already very high. Uh, in China, we are just enter the, the the middle income economy and about uh, to enter the high income economy. Uh, but it's still a long way to go become to become a rich nation. Mm. So economically, we are in a significant disadvantaged position mm. because China is facing uh, two challenges. One is for economic growth, and the other is to uh, coping with the rapid uh, you know, aging process. Mm. So what China needs to be done uh, in the future is uh, firstly, uh, to make sure that the economy can continue to expand mm. so that there will be economic support uh, for the aging population. The other is the labor market mm -hmm. uh, because because as the proportion of uh, you know people over the, the retirement age getting higher and mm. higher, the dependency ratio, uh, that means the, the older people divided by the whole pop by the labor force uh, population will be increasing over time and will be increasing quite steadily mm. uh, in the next decade or so. Well, so mm. this is the, the second uh, challenge and the unique feature in, in China today. Mm. These uh, challenges do sound very serious. Uh, what about Andy? Do you have uh, any other things to add? Well, I think um, some of the key points were already touched upon, but let me elaborate a little bit. Mm. Um, I think that, um, of course, the dependency ratio is a big issue for China from an economic perspective, but this is exacerbated by two, I think, unique features of modern China. Um, one is the uh, what was the one-child policy for a number of years, uh, which is uh, exacerbating, I think, the dependency ratio problem. Mm. Uh, the other is that we see other uh, major developed countries uh, have much more open stances towards immigration. And of course, I think there are very good reasons uh, why China historically has not been as open to immigration. But one way we can address uh, some of the challenges that China faces that were raised by the two professors is also through immigration as one way to uh, increase the working age population, grow the economy, etc. Mm. I'd like to add one positive feature mm -hmm. that I think that is unique about China, because we know that all of the advanced economies uh, are suffering from this problem. Japan and South Korea are probably two of the most extreme but we look at a country like the United States, which uh, idealizes and maybe even has a fetish for youth. So mm. this imposes a tremendous psychological cost and burden for older people in the United States, whereas China uh, still very much has these traditional Confucian values uh, that respects and values uh, old age and older people. So I see this uh, as a positive factor Mm -hmm. uh, that makes China unique mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, an aging population. Uh, mm -hmm. The last point I quickly make is mm -hmm. that 
China is also still a developing nation. So, of course, it is doing very well, especially in the coastal areas. But uneven development is a very, very uh, big problem, not just for the aging, for the people that are getting older, but I think for all of China's population, as we've seen uh, the central government call for uh, prioritizing more even development, which will help address uh, some of the challenges related to an aging population as well. Mm. Well, thank you for adding the culture um, perspective uh, of this issue. I think it is helpful for our, our conversation about the silver economy in China. Well, the report shows that more economically developed regions in China are you know, better prepared for an aging society. I don't think that's surprising. Um, uh, but um, Professor Zheng, so if we compare these things, what are the vulnerabilities, do you think, especially for China's rural area to take care of its, uh, senior citizens? Well, I think mm -hmm. it is a big challenge for the rural areas in the western part of China because mm -hmm. we can see the young people are, migrate, are migrating out to the east and left uh, the elderly and youngsters mm -hmm. in home. And, and uh, uh, well, on the other hand, the, the, the migrants, they help the, the development uh, in the eastern part, but mm -hmm. uh, their hometown is not so developed. Mm -hmm. so, so I think the, the issue in western part, rural China, is not only the issue of money, but also the issue of manpower, mm -hmm. the human resource. Regarding this, we cannot solely depend on the market. The government need to support the local people uh, to help them to establish a elderly friendly society in rural area. Mm. I think you just mentioned a very important, uh, let's say, societal as well as economic phenomenon in in western part of China. Um, but uh, Professor Yao, do you what's your take on this issue? What what do you think are the special vulnerabilities of uh, China's rural areas and in this uh, issue? About the aging population in the rural area, I mm. have a positive and a negative point to to add in this conversation. Mm. Uh, the positive one is that the Although the younger people they migrate to the city, and particularly to the eastern city, as Professor Chen just mentioned, mm. uh, the the rural area in the England, the England rural area, they still have the land and the houses. They provide a basic uh, necessity for the elderly people to, uh, you know, to live there and make a living. Although uh, more than often they have to live with their grand, uh, you know, their uh, grandchildren, so this, mm. this is a quite a you know quite a difficult aspect in, in my view. But the positive one is that they do provide uh, the housing and also uh, the basic necessity for these elderly people. So what the government probably need to do is to make sure that for the vulnerable families where uh, they don't actually have very strong uh, able. Uh, you know, people working outside and can remit money to the hometown. Mm. Uh, these are the particular families that need some uh, special support. Mm. So the, gov the government support should be uh, multifaceted. Uh, one is to increase the social security level and provide better, uh, you know, health care, particular uh, hospital and medicine medical services and so on. So these are the two important 
area that the central and the regional government should help the, the rural elderly to uh, have a, a better life in the future. Mm. Andy, what do you think? What, what, other than you know, these professors, uh, what they have mentioned, what are your thoughts? No, I would echo that mm. uh, and say that I think um, it's not just the economic resources or the financial support for healthcare in rural areas, but actually the ability to deliver uh, appropriate healthcare. So we know that as people get older, uh, the kinds of health issues they have, especially chronic issues, are different from those of younger people. And one of the challenges, I think, just generally uh, in China that uh, make it still a developing country, even though it's also incredibly advanced in mm -hmm. other ways, is that the ability to deliver a more uniform standard of health care uh, in urban, especially tier one cities like Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou and Shenzhen, mm -hmm. uh, with more rural areas as well. And we know that, you know, what is it, uh, gerontology or these uh, medical specialties uh, focused on the elderly is something that we can see as a challenge in China, but also as an opportunity as well. Mm. You're listening to Chat Lounge. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. We're going to a short break. After we come back, we'll continue the discussion. The Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Welcome back. You're listening to Chat Lounge. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. Today, we'll take a look at China's silver economy. In February this year, China released a five-year plan for elderly care services that is from 2021 to 2025. I'm sure all of you have uh, seen, read the report. Now, from, uh, from this uh, document in general, how would you evaluate Chinese policymakers' awareness of the challenge of an aging China and uh, how fast are they responding to these challenges? Uh, Professor Zheng, please. From my point of view, I, I think I'm, I'm very glad to see mm. the government of China see the aging issue very seriously and take it very seriously. And, and I, I think this is necessary uh, to raise it to the national strategy. Uh, so uh, let me make an example. Mm. 20 years ago, when China tried to uh, lower the infant mortality and maternal mortality, the whole nation put effort on the Western part mm. to decrease the infant mortality and maternal mortality. And, and so I, I think it is very successful. So it, it, it implies that if the government see the issue is very important and, and the whole society put more, all the efforts together, I think there's a way to deal with it. Mm. Well, indeed, um, I think strong will, political will, as well as implementation uh, will be the key here. Um, Professor yes. Yao, how, what do you think? Yeah, there, there are some three points that I am quite uh, encouraged mm. by the by the government document. Mm. First of all, is to to uh, to raise the awareness of the aging uh, population problem in in the society. And secondly, to understand uh, the mechanism of how the uh, aging population that have been imposed on the economy, the society, and individual households. And certainly, um, there are some concrete policy issues. 
mm. how to support in, you know the the care the services and also uh, enabling the the elderly people for further uh, you know employment income generation and still uh, sustaining uh, for their own life mm. uh, plus some additional government support uh, to facilitate uh, you know the 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 and improve the quality of life of the elderly people, particularly in the most disadvantaged area, the, the inland area, the, the rural society, and also the low-income people uh, in the urban area. Mm. So these are the three aspects I think it is really uh, encouraging. Mm. But uh, it is just the beginning anyway. Indeed. Uh, the, the complicated issue of the aging population is not yet fully understood and there will be some further uh, research and understanding as to how this problem can be actually more critically uh, understood by all the stakeholders in the society. And there are some more stronger you know, policy issue or instrument that need to be uh, implemented, uh, given the, the limited resources to improve the efficiency. Not only the, not only the caring of the elderly people, but also enable the elderly people and their family to work together to increase the you know the capability how to deal with the you know the aging issue not only at the household level at the village level at the township level as well as the uh, provincial and the, the national level mm, mm. Uh, Andy, I think in the document, uh, the government uh, set out plans, you know, on 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 lots of things. But uh, one thing that uh, they specifically um, had ideas are ideas on are how the government uh, will try to mobilize market resources. How do you evaluate, you know, policies on that front? Well, I think one of the uh, unique features of Chinese China's system of governance mm. is the central government's ability to set very ambitious long-term goals, uh, as um, the two professors also just touched on, to mobilize uh, political resources, economic resources at all levels, national, provincial, municipal, even down to the neighborhood level. Um, as well as uh, all sectors of society. So mm. it's not just government, but also private sector, uh, other spheres of society uh, to work together. And we've seen this accomplish uh, unprecedented success uh, from economic reform and opening to China's poverty alleviation uh, program, you know, which I guess ended last year uh, mm. as, as a complete success. Um, other initiatives as well, internationally as well as domestically. So I think the ability to harness market forces while not being dominated or controlled by market forces is certainly one unique feature of China's system of governance. Mm, right, indeed. Um, well, um, this uh, this aging uh, society is indeed a very big challenge uh, for Chinese policymakers, for China's economic growth moving on. Um, to our three guests today, well, the term silver economy was arguably, I mean, created by Europeans because at the uh, uh, this conference, which is called Silver Economy in Europe, that was held in Bonn, Germany in February 2005. A declaration was drafted which described the silver economy, here I quote, as an opportunity for quality of life, economic growth, 
and competitiveness in Europe. Professor Zhang, what's your definition or understanding of a silver economy? What does it entail? Actually, I I heard this before.、Uh, suddenly, I think well,、mm. uh, before people talked about it as as grey economy. Why they come to silver, silver economy? economy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's more optimistic about that.、Mm. However, when、uh, in demography we talked about the、uh, second demographic div- dividend, that is talked about、uh, the demographic dividend brought by aging people. However,、uh, mm. dividend or not, silver or grey, I think it really depends on、uh, what the policy is.、Mm. If the strategy is correct or appropriate, otherwise,、uh, I I think、uh, we we need to be very careful on that because.、Mm. Uh, uh, There are experiences to learn and a lot of lessons to learn too.、Mm. Professor Yao, how, what's your understanding of this term? Well, there are two sides of the coin、mm. about the silver economy.、Mm. On the one side is the demand; on the other side is the supply.、Mm-hmm. On the demand side, I think、um, as the people get older, there will be、uh, some tendency to consume a certain category of commodities and services. Mm. So they create created、um, a, a great opportunity for the market expansion into those areas which may not be、uh, you know so flourish、uh, when the population is relatively young. So this is the you know the, the demand system which provide opportunity for further you know job creations and economy expansion. On the supply side,、mm-hmm. I think、um, you know people have to be aware that. Uh, because why people live longer,、uh, in a, in why we have the people have so many people living beyond,、uh, you know, the age sixty, seventy, eighty, or even ninety or hundred.、Mm-hmm. Uh, this means that people become healthier,、mm. and and this good things. That that means that the the market can harness、uh, the labor capability of this、uh, aging population in various aspects.、Uh, for example. Uh, some so so called like employment of the elderly people into a, a different jobs.、Uh, nowadays, you know, at, at the people who are in the sixties, they are、uh, about to retire. But these people are most of these people are very healthy,、mm-hmm. and they they can provide some、uh, services or, or labor to the economy rather than become a pure dependency、uh, <laughs> on the economy. So they cre- they can create、uh, different values. In the society,、uh, for example, the, the very basic creation of value is to provide household services、mm. for their children and grandchildren. That adds value to the society.、Mm. At least it can reduce the burden of the people who are in the in, in the forty and fifty、uh, in their employment、uh, position.、Mm. And secondly, they can be employed by a, you know some office job, some、uh, internet job. Uh, some job that may not require、uh, too much physical strength.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this is a, a opportunity,、uh, and and the third one is that beyond the supply and demand,、uh, is that when people actually lose their ability and, and become pure dependency, I think that the family safety network、mm-hmm. and the gov the government、uh, social security network have to co- to come together to provide the most efficient. Uh, 
care system for uh, these people, for the society. So they are quite a, a different dimension. It's not just a negative thing. I think they are positive things in, in between. Mm. And so that's, that's my understanding about the global economy. Well, thank you for putting things into perspective. You're listening to Chat Lunch. Today, we're talking about China's silver economy. We have with us Zheng Zhenzhen, Professor of Population and Labor Economics of Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, Dr. Yao Shujie, Chang Kong Professor of Economics, Chongqing University, and Andy Mark, Senior Research Fellow at the Center for China and Globalization. We're going to a short break. I'm the Senior Research Fellow of Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. My research area mainly focuses on Africa and the Middle East, of course, also including China's relation with that area. What today is the best window for us to know the world and to know China's relation with the world? Join me to tune in this wonderful program to know more about China and the world, and especially how China sees the world. I am Dan Wang, Chief Economist of Hansen Bank China. The World Today is a real fun program. You will hear interesting people discussing global trend, economic event, what's happening in and outside of China. So, friends around the world, hope you can join us. Welcome back. You're listening to Chat Lounge. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. Today, we're talking about China's silver economy. Andy, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I'm even more optimistic mm-hmm. in that the silver economy, I think, refers to people in their golden years. Mm. And what does that mean? Right. I think, and obviously, this demographic is very broad in terms of economic circumstances, but people that I might describe as retired empty nesters. Mm. So meaning that uh, they've retired from their jobs, their children are fully grown, so they don't have the economic and the emotional pressure uh, that they might have had in their 40s and even 50s. Um, Also, I think the other point that was very well made is that today's uh, older people are much healthier, uh, and some would even say that 60 is the new 40, so that these people are active, healthy, uh, they have the time, they have the emotional energy uh, to pursue uh, the better things in life. Mm -hmm. And again, I recognize, too, that um, there are... uh, elderly all around the world that uh, face difficult economic circumstances. But this is the optimistic take, and I think the economic opportunity when people think of uh, this quote-unquote silver uh, economy. Mm. A lot of research has been have been done by different groups, either by companies or by, you know, governmental institutions have uh, 
done on the、uh, the shopping habit of this、uh, demographic. Here,、uh, let's take a look at this one.、Uh, it was a report、uh, done by JD.com, China's large、uh, e- online e-commerce platform.、Uh, it was done this October. It shows that you know the number of the silver group resorting to online consumption has grown steadily over the past few years. The number of this uh, demographic uh, shopping on JD in the first eight months of this year was 1.8 times of that in 2018. That was five years, uh, uh, four years ago. And among the top ten categories of their shopping choices are food and drink, tourism,、uh, personal care, medical equipment,、uh, etc. In your observation, do these trends only apply to you know urban silver group, or do they a- apply across the board,、um, Professor Zhang? Well, I I think、mm. uh, I think these consumers are mainly from uh, urban mm. because uh, we uh, know from the census that、uh, urban population and、uh, in their early sixties,、uh, I think even early seventies, a lot of people have retirement pension. And so they are e- economically independent,、mm. and a lot of them use cell phones, so use smartphones.、Mm. Okay, so <laughs> they can shopping for themselves. Not、uh, not like ten years ago, we see the young people shopping for their parents, <laughs> but but now parents the, shop for the, us. <laughs> yeah, the the, the,、uh, the elderly shopping for themselves,、mm-hmm. and、uh, even for not not something. Unique, but、uh, for something they don't want to carry, so they、uh, want to, to shopping for deliver to home, so、mm-hmm. they don't need to carry it. It's too heavy,、mm-hmm. and so I, I I think in urban this is very popular, but in rural it it is still.、Uh, I I think I saw that in the、uh, eastern part, in for example in Shandong and Jiangsu,、mm-hmm. I saw elderly people using uh, e uh, online shopping, but but. Uh, uh, I I don't think it is very popular all over China,、mm. uh, but I think this is the trend.、Mm. It, it it is very、uh, encouraging.、Mm. Well,、um, Professor Yao, what's your take? And what do you think about you know the genre, like the things that would they would buy on 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 these online shopping platforms, especially things like tourism? Like, do they book travel groups? Yeah, tourism、mm. has, has become a a, a fully、uh, you know. Uh, rapidly rising industry for、mm. the elderly because、um, the, the younger people they are busy with their work,、uh, and the people who retire、uh, at 60 or a little bit later,、uh, they have accumulated enough pension,、mm. and their, their children already have engaged in employment, so they they don't have a, a, a significant economy financial burden. And their grandchildren probably have been in the you know the, the primary school or middle school,、mm. so they have time <laughs> to enjoy themselves. I think it's it's actually a good thing.、Mm. As we as we talking about the aging population, we tend to be very pessimistic. But when you look at the real situation, you look at the,、uh, the uh, you know the the elder retired woman. Dancing in the in the square of the of, of the university, sorry, of the <laughs>、right. urban court here and there, they are actually very happy,、mm-hmm. and and they have enjoyed a, a, a good life.、Mm-hmm. I have I have to add that、mm-hmm. why the shopping online is particularly popular for the aging people is because it is very related to the Chinese food and culture.、Mm. 
uh, the Chinese elderly people, they are healthy, and although they have pension, they don't actually spend a lot of money on luxury goods. Mm-hmm. They just spend on the money which are quite affordable, uh, you know, necessary and very useful product. So the the, the platforms, the shopping uh, system, they have to uh, be fully aware about the you know the Chinese traditional culture, the the prudent culture system. Although mm-hmm. the elderly people they they may have money, but much of their saving and their money are actually are given to their children and grandchildren. So they. They spend only a small proportion of of the pension uh, for themselves. So, uh, despite the shopping have been increasing uh, quite dramatically, mm. I think they actually de- depends on the you know the extent they are mostly a uh, uh, necessity and mm. tourism. Tourism is probably the cheapest way for the elderly people to improve their health health condition and enjoy a better life. Mm. But they spend, uh, you know, relatively a smaller proportion of their pension well, uh, income. Mm. So they have to be aware. The market, the, the you know, the, the you know, the people who provide the services and goods, they have to be fully understand of the market potential there. Mm. Well, yes, I agree that I think Chinese people do love saving, and this is even more true when it comes to the 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 silver group that we're talking about. Uh, Andy, what's your observation on this issue? So I would strike a note of slight caution in differentiating between the behavior, the online behavior of the elderly in urban areas and rural areas in China Mm. and say that you may want to look at what I would call the psychographic profile. Mm. And what that means is not physical things we can measure like how old or where they live, but what are their personalities like? And here, I think what's important in a world with mobile internet, where everyone has a mobile phone, um, the desire for novelty or to seek new stimuli Mm -hmm. is very important. And I think you see this in China today with many older people in rural areas uh, able to explore anything they want online. And this, of course, previously was impossible. So I think that there is uh, an enormous... uh, opportunity there for serving the needs of the elderly in rural areas that seek new experiences, new products, and new services. Mm. You're listening to Chat Lounge. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. Please stay with us. The Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Welcome back. You're listening to the Chat Lounge. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. We previously talked about the shopping habits of this uh, demographic. Um, a lot of re- market research have also been done regarding, you know, other uh, aspects of the silver economy and areas that are widely considered lucrative include real estate, finance, and service sectors related to senior care. Real estate is important because China has plans to build senior care nursing homes. Uh, senior care finance involves insurance, investment products, etc. for senior citizens. And senior care services refer to intersections between, you know, these uh, infrastructure, personnel, etc. Professor Zheng, uh, how do you see these areas and which areas among these do you think, uh, do you think has the biggest potential? 
I, I think the service industry has very big potential because if we're looking at the family level, uh, the elderly today, uh, well, the young generation of elderly today, mm. they only have, a lot of them only have one child. Mm. It's, it's not like the older generation, they have four or five uh, children uh, to take care of them. But, but now... Uh, the elderly people, they believe that they need to depend on themselves and they need to depend on the social support. So I think in the future, uh, the social support for elderly assistance, not only care, but assistance, uh, will be a very big market mm. uh, for them. And, and this gen- younger generation of elderly, they have retirement pension, and they are better off, and they are better educated, so they can use a lot of new technologies than the older generation. Mm. So I think this will be a very big market. Professor Yao, how how do you see these areas? Yeah, I, I think uh, mm. Professor Chen is right, uh, because the elderly people of this generation, uh, most of them, they don't have many children, mm. and especially in the city. Uh, um, the vast majority of households, they have only one child. And and usually this one child has grown up, they are in job uh, market, they are very busy. And once they get really older, especially when uh, they become 70, become 70 or above, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. they, they will be a very strong demand, uh, especially when they lose their own uh, ability to help themselves. So the, the, they are... In China, I think there are multiple channels mm-hmm. uh, to look after these elderly people. Uh, right. The first is like for uh, private services, for example, like the uh, the family services system. Mm-hmm. The other is the caring home. Uh, so these two systems would be uh, you know, strengthened by government support, not only in terms of the physical uh, infrastructure development, technology support, but also the financial uh, service industry have to kick in. Right. So even the, the even the children they have money, they they may not have the uh, facility and, and uh, you know methods to help their parents. If the services is readily available uh, in the local community and the society, I think that would be helpful. So one have to look at the market need of how much the is the market demand and how much is the cost they have to uh, balance between the family and also the community together. Mm. Andy, how, what do you think? What do you think about this? Uh, these three you know, areas, which, which ones do you think uh, have more potentials? Well, I think certainly uh, mm. services are going to be in very high demand. But we also know that in China also, Um, exactly because of this aging population that the availability of service providers may be constrained. So that's something that has to be taken into consideration. Um, Also, just from a business and investment perspective, uh, labor-intensive businesses are hard to manage, hard to grow. Mm. So I think when we look at these together, um, what might be a very promising area is the application of technology to deliver uh, what has traditionally been delivered by humans uh, in the past 
mm. you know, whether that's through AI, robotics, uh, some sort of remote service delivery model, uh, we may see uh, become some very promising areas for both new businesses and investment as well. Mm. Well, that does sound promising. Um, yeah, the elderly are really a special group that they have their specific needs that need to be, you know, noticed addressed and taken care of. So there are a lot of uh, very delicate things, I think, that uh, policymakers should keep in mind, you know, when trying to formulate policy in this area. So Professor Zheng, what do you think these regulators should keep in mind when trying to nurture uh, for a healthy senior care market in China? Well, uh, mm. I, I think this will take time. Mm. Uh, we uh, we need to be uh, prepared, and uh, there's uh, the the business uh, need to be uh, prepared to get in. And and I I saw a lot of uh, uh, people uh, very enthusiastic in the investment in the uh, this kind of industry, but however, mm. a lot of them not continue for long. Mm. And I, I, I think uh, the, the whole uh, idea and the um, concept mm. are different from before mm. uh, for for this uh, to uh, response to the aging uh, future. Mm. And and um, however, I I'm not so familiar with uh, industries mm. in detail. Maybe what? Professor Yang can tell more about that. Sure, sure, Professor Yao. What do you think? Yeah, I think given that the government uh, first policy for the next five years mm. have been low out, I think the government should continue the effort rather than stop there. Mm. So new new policy regulations need to be established uh, as urgently as possible because we, we, ha- we have been facing uh, a real, uh, com- fairly challenging task mm. of dealing with the, the aging population issue. Uh, we hope it is not going to become a crisis. Mm. We, we we should prevent a crisis from happening by mm. uh, you know, taking taking precautions actions. The action, in my view, is that the government have to lay out uh, the the law, the regulation to encourage uh, the the market to participate in the caring system. That's one thing. Mm. The second thing is the financial and and tax issues. Financial support by regional um, government is very important. And also the taxation uh, issue. Mm-hmm. For example, like elderly people, they should have some tax incentive, not only for, the, for their need. So we set up the pension fund, uh, make sure that they have the taxation, uh, you, know, uh, you know, preferential treatment by the, by the local and the central government. And also the, you know, the organization, uh, the market holders who are providing the basic infrastructure, like let's say the care home, and also providing the the, the services like the the, the care the, the house the hospitals, mm. and also the personnel who are working in the in the elderly uh, industries, they should have some sort of tax incentive, so that uh, more resources would be drawn into this area. Mm. Uh, to, to make sure that the elderly people are not mistreated uh, and they should be enjoying a more important benefit from the uh, general economic development of the, the society. Mm. 
Another thing, the re- reports also show that silver economy in China does not limit to the uh, dem- demographic of uh, those aging above sixty. Uh, Consumers of this market also include younger people. You know, preparing for uh, themselves for getting old. Andy, what's the significance of this group to the silver economy, and how do you think this younger group will influence、uh, the silver economy industry? Would look at this mainly from a financial services perspective,、mm-hmm. in that one of the most important、uh, elements of a safe and sustainable system for taking care of the elderly is、uh, financial resources. So you look at. Uh, long-term retirement planning,、uh, investing for one's retirement, I think, is very, very important. And I would see this as one of the important、uh, components for younger people contemplating、uh, what should be their golden years. Professor Zheng, how do you think this younger group will influence, you know,、uh, this、uh, silver economy that we are talking about? I, I think they they will make the. Uh, the economy grows <laughs>、uh, better because the young people、um, are well、uh, acknowledged about their future.、Mm-hmm. I, I I think from the the young people I talk to, they see clearly、mm-hmm. their future will not be like today's elderly, and and so I I think this will be encouraging for the.、Um, For the development of the market,、mm. um, Professor Yao, let me ask you this: If if I'm asking you to give advice to younger generation, you know, to better prepare themselves for、uh, getting retirement、um, financially, I mean, spiritually,、um, in every aspect, what would you say? I would、uh, mm. ask them to work harder when they are <laughs> when they are young. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because if they don't work harder, they will have a miserable life. <laughs> Mm. Um, so、uh, when you work harder and you save, you save money.、Mm. So you, you, I, I think the the financial burden for the people who are in the middle age is fairly、uh, high at the moment. To、mm-hmm. be honest,、uh, they have to look after their parents.、Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to. They their salary are not really high for the vast majority of the working age population, and and the 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 cost of raising children is really extraordinary. Electronical,、mm, yes,、uh, exponential. So, um, I I can't have any much more sympathy, uh, for、mm. the middle aged people who are in the labor force. But unto- unfortunately, my advice is still yes, you have to work harder and make sure <laughs> that you have a good living style, uh, so that you you will be more healthy after uh retire. And 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 certainly another another advice is to give more birth to children. Uh, mm. To raise to raise more than two children, <laughs>、uh, rather than just one, because、mm. uh, number one, although it's very difficult when you have to raise more children、uh, when you are young, because、mm. you have you may have the ability、uh, to raise them.、Uh, and but when 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 people retire and they have two or more than two children, then the children will come back according to the Chinese、uh, tradition and society. I think the. The younger generation, they will still have a traditional culture of looking after the elderly, and I hope this culture will continue、mm. uh, beyond the next generation and the future generations.、Mm. So, yeah, three in summary, three advice:、mm. one,、uh, work harder; second, live better,、mm-hmm. uh, healthier; and third, looking,、uh, you know, put more effort for children.
Well, I hi- I'll highlight um, you know all of that um, here to our listeners. Um, uh, th- let's take a, a look at this issue globally because uh, I've read an interesting uh, research uh, paper by the Brookings Institution in America. It writes about the global trend of silver economy and says the future will be in Asia. And uh, here I quote uh, for the two professors as well as uh, as well as our listeners. Geographically, the silver economy will shift from the OECD economies to emerging markets, especially to Asia. Today, the total year spending power of silver consumers is relatively equally distributed across Asia, North America, and Europe, 2.3 trillion each. But by 2030, Asia's share will have grown significantly as its seniors are expected to spend over 5 trillion each year. Um, Professor Zhang, so are there any useful experiences from OECD countries that China can take up? I remember back to 30 years ago,、mm. we had a conference in Peking University、uh, Economic School.、Mm. Economists、uh, from all over the world come and、uh, present their experience. From my、mm. memory, none of them satisfied. With what they have done, <laughs> the developed country, and、mm-hmm. and、uh, I I I think we can learn, but we need to find our own way.、Mm-hmm. And and also、uh, in the、uh, this is a global trend. We we could learn from the other developing countries. Actually, in Asia. India plus Indonesia plus China makes forty percent of the world population. So this is a huge population,、mm. and when this population aging, this is a huge aging population. <laughs> and so, I I think this is some experience that developed countries could not、uh, provide,、mm. and we need find our own way. To deal with it, indeed, China does have to find its own path, as it always does in a lot of issues.、Uh, but Professor Yao, what's your what's your opinion on this? Yeah, firstly, I think the the OECD countries they represent a certain club of the wealthy nations,、mm. and their population structure, the demographic structure, have been more or less、uh, mature for the many many decades. They don't have rapid changes. Although when people live longer, there will be a slight,、uh, you know, increase in the in the in the elder、uh, section of the population, but on the men, their their changes have been fairly steady and stable.、Uh, in contrast, I think China,、uh, and probably in the future,、uh, in in India and in Indonesia, as the professor just professor Zhen just mentioned. This economy, they are emerging economy, they are industrializing economy, and they are just become,、uh, you know, relatively、uh, better off compared、uh, to the past. But the, the demographic structure has been transformed very rapidly in a very short term,、mm. particularly for China over the last forty years,、uh, due to the one-child policy and the, you know, the family planning in the countryside also. We have a rapid change toward、uh, a, a structure which is quite,、uh, you know, tailing to the elder part of the population and the younger people. As the proportion of the population is getting,、uh, you know, less and less, so these these challenges are are somewhat 
uh, you know, different from the OECD nation. Mm. Number one, the economy level is, is quite different. We are still a developing nation. And number two, the structure is quite uh, dramatically changed. And number three, the, you know, the, the health, the health, education, uh, national insurance system, we are still in the process of establishment. So there are lots of policy issues that we are not fully aware of how to do it most appropriately. Mm. But I have to mention that some of the experiences in the OECD could be useful. Mm. For example, like the tax, pol- the tax influential policy for the elderly uh, people and also the killing home uh, system. Uh, they uh, should be supported by the uh, central and local government. Maybe China could do something about that. Mm. But China cannot entirely copy of what they they are doing because, first of all, we may not have the financial ability. Mm. And second, secondly, China has some advantage in terms of traditional Chinese culture. The, to, the most important traditional Chinese culture is the family, family connection. Uh, we can provide a relatively cheaper uh, caring system, combining uh, the the family, combining the local uh, community, the village level government, and so on, to substantially reduce the cost of provision for the elderly people. As in my experience in the UK mm. and and what I see in other European nations where they are the OECD member states, uh, where the cost of elderly is is extremely high. Basically, we just cannot afford. And the elderly people may not necessarily feel happier mm. than, the Chinese, than the Chinese counterparts. Because the Chinese counterparts, uh, the elderly people, they can have the warmth of the house, the household, and uh, their children very close to them. I think we should not just entirely depend on the government. We should also depend on the household, the right. individual family. So mm. this is my Mind you. Yeah. Mm. And that wraps up our discussion about China's silver economy on this episode of the Chat Lunch. I'm Liu Kun in Beijing. Thank you for staying with us. We'll see you next week. Welcome. I'm Elaf Elard. Economics professor and member of the Data Science and AI Center at New York University, Shanghai. On the World Today program, you can find in-depth and impartial insight, as well as critical commentary on key trends in the Chinese economy, financial technology, business, and blockchain. To prepare for the world tomorrow, join me on World Today. Hi. I'm Einar Tangen, a political and economic analyst and senior fellow at the independent Taiher Institute. World Today is news without the hype and business commentary that is informed and up to date, presenting the facts and asking incisive questions. So join us if you are someone who needs to know what is happening in China as it is happening.